When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. It is October, a delightful time of year for storytelling. The stories for the upcoming month are going to be of the spooky persuasion. This week's stories are spooky, but not too spooky. If you're responsible for tender ears, you might want to listen first or forge ahead and enjoy the chills. I took a trip one year to an old ghost town in Colorado. There are a number of them scattered throughout the wilds, abandoned after the mountains had given up the veins of silver and the streams had been sifted of gold. These towns that had once been buzzing centers of commerce and wealth emptied out until the last residents got on the last train, leaving town and never looked back. Now, a few of them are still standing and open during the summer. Empty buildings to peek into and the feeling like the buildings are looking back. I walked the streets, enjoyed the tour, taking pictures with my phone as we saw the saloon, the dance hall, the hotels, and abandoned houses. I found a general store, bought a sandwich, and a cold bottle of pop. Finding a tree on the edge of one of the buildings, I sat underneath it, ate, and enjoyed the sunshine. In the late autumn light, I dozed off. The first teller for this episode is Laura Packer. She's built a career helping people and organizations find their own story, performing original and traditional tales around the world, creating written narrative that draws reader into new possibilities. The story that she's telling today is one that will make you look more closely at your feline, as this story is called King of Cats. A fever had swept through the village. The vicar was in the churchyard, digging yet another grave. It was cold, windy. The rain kept running down his back. He stood up to stretch out for just a moment, glanced over to the side, and saw a most curious thing. He watched until it had faded into the night and thought, I really must tell my wife about that, and finished his work. When he got home later that evening, he opened up the door to his house and was greeted with a lovely sight. His wife, sitting by the fireplace, looked up at him and smiled. Old Tom, their cat, looked up too and went, Meow, in greeting. The vicar took off his heavy overcoat and hung it up. My dear, he said to his wife, as I was working this evening, I saw the most curious thing. Really? said his wife. What was that? Well, I was digging and digging and digging, and I stood up to stretch out when I glanced over to the side, and there it was. His wife looked at him attentively. Old Tom the cat looked at him too and blinked his cool gray eyes. Yes, I looked over and I saw seven cats. Seven cats? Yes, seven cats. But the amazing thing was they were standing upright 
on two feet, walking just like men. Old Tom narrowed his eyes and went, Six of them were walking in two rows of three, and between them they carried a tiny coffin. Really, said the vicar's wife. How curious. Oh, it was indeed, added the vicar. The seventh cat walked in front of them. He was a big black cat with a white patch on his breast, just like our old Tom, now that I think of it. When he drew up even with me, he stopped and turned and gazed at me for a long, long time. Then he said, Tell Tom Tildrums that Tom Toldrums is dead. And then they walked off into the night. Dear? Dear? But the vicar's wife was no longer listening to him. She had turned aside and was staring at old Tom, their cat, who had pulled himself up and was standing on two feet, just like a man. He puffed himself up bigger and bigger. He grinned a toothy grin and said to them, If Tom Toldrums is dead, then I am the king of cats. And he swept up the chimney and was never seen again. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Flora Fauna and Meriwether's Fancy Dress Boutique, bringing their skills out of the dark woods. These three fairies are happy to satisfy your need for a blue, pink, or green dress for the fancy event in your future. You don't need to wait to find Prince Charming. They can get you a dress in time for the holiday party or to be the most fabulous-looking person at the pumpkin patch. Flora Fauna and Meriwether's Fancy Dress Boutique. If you can dream it, they'll make it come true. Did you know that all patrons of the podcast cannot lick their elbows and are amazing supporters of story? You can try to lick your elbow and join the special group for as little as $4 a month. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. If you want to hear me make up facts about you and praise your name for all to hear, then maybe you should become a supporter too. It would be pretty cool. I woke under the tree as the sun was setting. When I had fallen asleep, a few people were walking the streets. They were gone now. The general store where I had bought the sandwich was closed, and only the sound of birds and wind were in the air. I stood and brushed the dirt off my jeans. Wrapping my coat around me, I picked up my bag and cell phone off the ground. It was eerie, the quiet, empty buildings, and their black windows looking at me as I quickly walked the parking lot. I got in my car and turned on the heat to get the chill off me. I opened my phone and scanned the pictures I had taken, intending to put one up on Instagram. When I got to the last ones I froze, a shiver creeping up my spine. The last picture was me, laying on the ground sleeping, sunshine on my face, in an empty ghost town. Janice Del Negro, Associate Professor at the Graduate School of Library and Information Science at Dominican University, is also a storyteller who excavates and decorates bones of traditional folk and fairy tales. Her tales fill me with wonder, and this one is no different. But with this one, 
There's a certain chill in the story, Wild Hedges. The house was old. The woman who lived in the house was old. She was old when the parents of the town had been children and when their parents were children too. The hedge around the house was an old tangled wall and the turret that rose above it was an old cloudy eye that looked over the town. Everyone knew that the old woman belonged to the house. She never came out. She had her groceries delivered, preferring to stay inside with what she knew. The hedge grew taller. The house got older. The children who tried to sneak into the garden on Halloween only tried once. The hedges are alive, they said, and the grown-ups laughed. Wind through an overgrown topiary garden, the parents said. Wind shaking limbs of hedge animals that need trimming. The children allowed themselves to be comforted, but they never went back to the garden, and they left the old woman strictly alone. We know what happens in that house, they would say. But of course, they didn't know at all. It would have gone on that way, the hedges growing taller, the house getting older, except one day the girl came to live at the house. The neighborhood knew that the girl, Mary, belonged to the house the same way the old woman belonged. The old woman had the hedges trimmed, the fountain turned on, the little girl enrolled in school. It might have been fine, but Mary was not allowed into the circle of children at the school. It was little Debbie who kept her out. After little Debbie's snack cakes, I'm so sweet, she used to croon. But she wasn't sweet at all. She was a little beast, especially to the new girl. Which girl, she hissed. How many old ladies are buried in the garden? The other children were curious, but Debbie was just mean. Witch girl, ghoul girl, you can never be one of us. Thanks to Debbie's poison, Mary was shunned by the other children, kept outside the circle, left to herself. With that sneaky cleverness some children know so well, the names and the nastiness were kept to secret whispers the grown-ups never heard. Mary found solace in the overgrown garden. The old fountain gurgled through ivy draped over a cracked basin. The chipstone cherub looked over his wild garden. The topiary animals, once so carefully pruned, ran wild through the paths. The hedges were so tall, the garden was like a maze. Wander in it far enough and you could barely see the house. Mary escaped the taunts of little Debbie and her followers by slipping through the wrought iron gate into the garden. The children never followed her there. They were too frightened to pass through the gate. The hedges hid Mary, although the shrubbery could not block out the taunts. Witch girl, ghoul girl, they should burn you and the old lady too. Mary sat on the grass next to a stone bench. She was so lonely. She put her head down on her arms. She wasn't crying. If she had been crying, she would not have heard the rustling in the hedge. Who's there, she called. She peered into the foliage. The face that looked out at hers was made of dark green leaves, and the eyes were greener still. Don't be afraid, Mary said. I won't hurt you. 
From that day on, the taunts of the other children fell off Mary like dead leaves from a cold tree. She had a friend. Her friend never came into the house, but they played in the garden all the time. Tag and Dead Man's Chase and Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek was her friend's favorite game. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Knowing that her friend would be waiting for her when she came home gave Mary a kind of armor against the children's teasing. Most of them went on to other things when they failed to drive Mary to tears, but determined Debbie wouldn't leave her alone. Debbie would follow Mary home, stopping at the wrought iron gate to whisper hateful things through the metal leaves and blossoms. No one will ever like you. No one will ever be your friend. Why don't you just die? The closed gate stopped Debbie for a long time. Until the night Mary ran through the gate toward the garden, and Debbie stood outside the gate, hateful and hating. Witch girl, ghoul girl, Debbie rattled the gate, and it swung open without a sound. Mary, a lone figure on the path, turned and called out, Do you want to play with us? She took off, running between the hedges, calling, Come out, come out, wherever you are. Debbie ran after her. No one plays with you. You have no friends. Oh, yes, I do, yes, I do. And his favorite game is hide-and-seek. Hide-and-seek, hide-and-seek. Who hides and who seeks? Mary disappeared down a path, and Debbie followed, furious. Just wait till I get you. Just you wait. Debbie ran and ran and ran. The paths went on and on and on. The garden never seemed to end, and the hedges got taller while the night got darker. Debbie had to stop running. She leaned on a tree, breathless. When did it get so dark? Mary? Over the bushes, Mary's voice floated on the nighttime air. Hide and seek, hide and seek, who hides and who seeks? The hedges were high. The paths were empty. Debbie could not hear the noises from the street. All she could hear was the wind blowing through the leaves, blowing through the hedge. All she could hear were the rustling leaves, the rustling hedge. Debbie walked back toward where the gate should be. The topiary animals stretched in the wind. The moon came up and glowed through the topiary hedges, giving the overgrown animals eyes that gleamed in the night. Debbie began to run to where the gate ought to be, run to where the street ought to be, run from the rustling to the gate, the gate, the gate and the street, but the rustling got louder and the hedges got taller, and the rustling got louder and the hedges got taller, and the rustling got louder, and the hedges got taller. Mary, Mary, where are you? The rustling was all around, all around, and Mary's voice, high and far, called to her friend, Come out, come out, wherever you are. No, no, don't come out, Debbie shrilled. There was the gate, the gate, the gate, a short run to the gate, and she would be safe. A figure stepped onto the path between Debbie and the gate. Mary? No. 
No, not Mary. Hide and seek, hide and seek. Who hides and who seeks? A leaf-green face with eyes that glowed green fire. A leaf-green mouth and a voice that rustled and rustled and rustled. Who hides and who seeks? The high hedges muffled any noise. They never found any trace of Debbie, even when they finally thought to search the old woman's garden. All they found were topiary animals, overgrown and twisted, and a fountain with a chipped cherub smiling down on the weeds. Memory being what it is, little Debbie was strangely sweeter in death than she had been in life. When the old woman died, Mary left the house, but not for long. She came back one day with a little girl. Everyone knew that, just like the old lady belonged to the house and Mary belonged to the house, the little girl belonged to the house too. Mary had the hedges trimmed, the fountain turned on, the little girl enrolled in school. Even though none of the neighborhood children would play with her, it wasn't long before passers-by could hear the little girl calling, Hide and seek, hide and seek, who hides and who seeks, above the garden hedges, and think, what a pleasant game the little girl was playing. Hide and seek, hide and seek, who hides and who seeks. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Laura Packer and Janice Del Negro on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. The beautiful brain behind the fairy tale sponsor is Alexis Cooley. Inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you've heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Maybe you'll hear them here soon. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com and hear me read your name and thank your beautiful face for the world to hear. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you'd be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the room.